Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. We're right on target. We're still in our long-term series. Recorded on things live. that we want to know, things that we ought to know, and the one thing to know that surpasses all other things to know, and that's Christ Jesus. And then the places to visit, that if we know Christ right, we will be found in him, and that's a place. So we need to make sure then that we're in the right place, and we only can be in the right place if we have the right knowledge of Jesus Christ. Today we're focusing in on the place to visit. And first I'll have two ideas, and and I I try to gear these for about 20 minutes or so, and I, I usually don't get through, do I? Very seldom. Very seldom, <clears throat> because I I don't rush, and we we try to document everything that we say. Um, <clears throat> but the place to visit is the place to visit because of who is there. And who is there is what is referred to in Hebrews chapter 2, verse 9 and 10, and Alex doesn't have these, but he's quick. Hebrews 2, 9 and 10, and I want you to keep in mind that I'm, I'm going to be um, talking about it as if they were from the King James Version, but uh, you're probably going to be using what? Oh, see? Now, he's my kind of guy. I don't hear that from my wife. <clears throat> all right, first, first of all then, uh, let's, when we talk about the captain of our salvation, that's why we want to be in the right place because that's where our captain is. And that word captain as it's used in the King James, by the way, you don't have to turn there now, but keep where you are. The, the word captain really comes from the Greek word meaning the first in line or the originator of our salvation. So Christ is discovered to be the first in line of that long procession of Christians who come in after him. Let's read Hebrews now, chapter 2. And verses 9 and 10. But we see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death. If he had not become man when he was here, he could not have suffered death. That's why we're not Trinitarians. He came from God. He came and put aside the thing that linked him with God, Philippians 2, so that he could become as one of us, which is the theme of the book of Hebrews. And that's where we are right now. Crowned with glory and honor, that he by the grace of God should taste death for every man. For it became him, 
for whom are all things and through whom, there's no by there, and by whom or through whom are all things in bringing many sons into glory to make the what? Captain. And of course, that's the term that we started to define. To make the captain of their salvation perfect through suffering. So we have a captain. The right place to be is the place where the captain is and has gone there first, and that's beyond the veil. We probably ought to go now real quickly to, um, <clears throat> well, let's, let's, save, let's, work, let's save that one for a minute because we're here now. Uh, just talking about that captain of salvation for now. And if you look at the, do you have, did you have the interlinear up there? If you can bring that up. I want to show you something here uh, on the word um, captain. And I just want you, you won't know what this means, and that's okay. The captain right here, you see that? It's translated captain. But you notice what this word is? You just get, get in your mind what that word is. Archegon. You can all pronounce that. Now can you spell it? All right. Just keep in mind what that, those words look like. It's translated captain. So the captain of our, and, and the idea here is that he's the first in line of. Therefore, he's, he's the one through whom the Father gives the orders so the rest of us can understand what it is God wants. Now let's go to Acts chapter 3 and verse 15. I want to I call my place home where the captain is. That's the place I call home. And Paul says, I, I don't know whether I want to stay with you folks or whether I want to go and be at home with the Lord. So, you see, he, he was talking about that idea of home, the place to be. And so our big theme, of course, is hope. And um, now we're talking about the reason that we have hope is because of who's there. And that's our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He is the captain of our salvation. He is the first in line of those to be saved. Now, in Acts chapter 3 and verse 15, <clears throat> but put to death the prince of life the one whom God raised from the dead, a fact to which we are witnesses. Now, who was this referring to? Who did God raise from the dead? Christ. Christ. And on the basis of faith in his name, positioned in his name, it is the name of Jesus, the character, the name, name here isn't called going around saying, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. I don't you hate that. It doesn't have anything to do with anything. The word name comes from the word nomenclature, which means the full disclosure of. It means the character of. You have a nomenclature. How many of you have a washing machine in your house? The rest of you should get one. It would help all of us. Or a bar of soap, at least. Now, Alex is getting real bossy back there. So... You have a, on the back of that washing machine, there's a tag. That's called the nomenclature tag. 
Why? Because it contains in that tag all of the characteristics of that machine. From the numbers on that tag, you can order any part you want, right? That's why it's called nomenclature card. That's the word behind this word name. It isn't saying the word Jesus. Thousands of people carry that name. It's the character of the one that we know called Jesus that it's referring to. When it says, my name shall be there, when God is speaking of the tabernacle, he's not saying it's going to have my name on the wall. It means that what he represents is going to be there. All right. So we come up here and we put to death the prince of life. Now, if we go to the interlinear, I want to show you what this word prince is. You notice this word right here? Now, remember, in Hebrews, it was, it was translated how? Oh, some of you are really catching on. You're quick. And here, the same identical word is translated what? Prince. It means exactly the same. Why do they translate it differently? I don't think there's a question to that. I mean, an answer to that question. So here is the prince of of the life. It's not just of life in general, but of the specific life. Pace is a specific life of which he's talking about. He is the prince of life. That's the life you want. I want to be at home where the prince of life abides, who is the originator of that life. He's the first in line of that life. And I can become a participant of it if I'm where he is. So the place I call home is where my captain is, is where my prince is, meaning both the same thing, that he is the original, first in line. Uh, he's the, uh, the beginning. <clears throat> Let's go to now Acts chapter 5 and verse 30. <clears throat> Acts chapter 5 and verse 30. And here we have the same word again. And the prince of the life. See, they don't translate the article. Why do they leave that out? Beyond me. I lost it there. Oh, now, okay, here we go. 30. Uh, to be a prince and a savior high, uh, hath exalted to the right hand um, to, to give repentance to Israel. And of course, Jesus came, and that's why we don't spend a lot of time in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Why? Because Jesus came to whom? He came to the household of Israel. So you don't go there to learn how to live a Christian life. He didn't have a clue. Who did he give the clue to? The apostles. Folks, you've got to remember that in our first verse up here, uh, the first um, PowerPoint that Greg puts up there, we continue steadfastly in whose doctrine? The Apostles' Doctrine. That's Acts, I think, chapter 4, verse 42. <clears throat> because Jesus came only to the household of Israel. So this makes reference to that. But the point that we're after here is that, again, that word prince is used 
and it's the same word as translated captain in Hebrews 2, and it means the first in line, the beginning, or the originator of. And that's how they're trying to use the word prince as well here. But that's where I want to call home, is where my prince, the originator, the first in line, the beginning of my salvation resides. That's home to David. Let's look at one more in Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 2. So I, I want the place to visit, and the place to visit that I want to visit forever and eternally is because of who's there. And that's my prince, my captain of my salvation. <clears throat> in Acts chapter 5 and verse 30 and 31. The God of our fathers raised up Jesus, whom you had put to death by hanging him on a cross. He is the one whom God exalted to his right hand as a prince. Again. And if you, if you go to the uh, King James Version, they translate it in this verse, they translate it author. No, it's prince. Is this Acts? Yeah. Okay, it's still prince. In this, in, this, in this verse. So to be a prince and a savior for to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sin. And, and so there, there again we have that idea of the same word being translated in one case captain and in the other case prince. But it means the same thing. We don't get that from the English at all. Let's go to one more in, in Acts, uh, Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 2. <clears throat> so the fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. And, of course, that's all in the past tense. For consider him who has endured such hostility by sinners against himself so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. So now we have the word author. Go to the interlinear on that if you can, and let's see what kind of a word we've got there. <clears throat> right here. See right here? See this little word right here? Have you seen that word before this morning? Is it isn't the same as we've had translated captain? Here, captain. And then here, prince. Well, here in Hebrews 12 is translated author. So we have the same identical word in one verse translated author. The other verse translated prince, the other verses, uh, pr- uh, two verses prince, and the other verse uh, as captain. But they all mean the same thing, but you wouldn't know that in English. And so the original root that is word there, they, too bad they weren't all translated the same way. They all mean the first in line, the beginning, or the originator. So that's the author of our salvation in Hebrews 12, verse 2. He calls it the author of our salvation, and that's probably the more accurate of the other terms. So here we have what makes our home in heaven so viable is because of who's there. He's the captain of our salvation. He's the prince and the author of our salvation. Folks, that's it. Now let's go to point number two. That's number one, is the place to visit. Is the place to visit because of who is there. Secondly, And it's because of what is there. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 19 and 20. 
This hope, and remember, that's our, that's our big theme for this whole series, is hope. The hope that we have as an anchor of the soul, a hope both sure and steadfast and one which enters within the veil, where Jesus has entered as forerunner for us. That's why you want to go there, because of who's there. He's gone ahead of us. He's the forerunner for us. He's there, having become a high priest. He's the one who intercedes between you and God. So you, when, you, when you face God, he always sees you through his son, Jesus Christ. That's quite an advantage. You don't want to be naked before God. You want to have Christ as your clothing. Right? You want him as your clothing. You don't want to stand before God naked. You want to have Jesus in between. So he, when God looks at you, he's seeing you through Jesus This anchor we have is an anchor of the soul. It enters within the veil where Jesus is. And that's kind of the transition of where we want to take you as to the place to visit is the home because that's where our captain is and because of what else is there and that's because it is the fulfillment of our hope. That's where all of the inheritance becomes yours. Now, I want you to look at some random verses with me. Go to Psalms chapter 119 and verse 16. <clears throat> Psalms 119 and verse 116. Now, how, can, how many of you can remember what I just said? All those numbers. I'm sure you probably can't. You do? I can read them. Oh, you can read them. Oh, you're, you're quick. All right. Uh, Psalms 119, verse 116. Sustain me according... So we're, we're going to give you now some random verses on the hope of what we will find in the right place from Philippians chapter 3, which is our big theme, which we're not taking time to review today. Sustain me according to your word that I may live. And no, now notice this last phrase. And do not let me be ashamed of my what? Do not let me be ashamed of my hope. Our hope is in the right place. The living hope is found in the body of Christ, the church. When we are there, we have hope. And our hope is for what? those of you who have been here for the last 14 weeks, is the inheritance. We want to be Christians because of our hope in the inheritance. Now, some folks, I want to be a Christian because I don't want to go to hell. And that may be true, but that's not why we become a Christian we become a Christian so that we can become joint heirs with Christ. We can become a partaker of the inheritance that God has laid up for us. That's our hope. And our little children need to be taught that from the youth up. To think about and know about and talk about hope. And that hope is the inheritance that is found only 
in Christ, in his body, the church. That hope, that hope of being at home with the Lord and the inheritance that is ours as joint heirs with Christ, which it says is so immense that it cannot be described with human language. That hope, do not be ashamed of it. Let's go to 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 15. I hadn't planned on this one, but I want to plug it in right here because we're not to be ashamed of it. Not only that, but because hope is the thing that opens people's eyes about your life. Now, some of you folks don't have any hope at all. Or your hope is in something that is just vanishing. It's here today and gone tomorrow. You can tell by your attitude. Tell by my attitude. People who have a hope have a vibrancy. Everybody's different. But you, you can, it's pretty easy to pick. If somebody has hope, and they really have a hope, and they've really got a handle on hope, and their hope is the right place, it's a living hope that First Peter talks about. If it's a living hope, you've got something to talk about. It's positive. It's dynamic. It is what gives you your character and your spirit. It's how you become identified. That's your spirit, the identity of your spirit. You've got hope. You know what your hope is. It's a living hope. Don't be ashamed of it. Because in this verse, 1 Peter 3.15, that's the thing that stands out. Sanctify. That means set Christ, you know, make a distinction between him and everything else in life. As Lord in your hearts, always being ready to make a defense to everyone who asks you to give an account for the hope that is among you. The word you is plural, corporate pronoun you, so it has to be among. In is the improper preposition there. So it's among you. So if you have a hope, that becomes your identity. People see that in your life. There is somewhat of a a bounce to your step. And that hope that expresses itself in how you live your life, how you greet people, how you deal with people, how you interface with people, will cause people to say, what is it that makes you stand out? So he says in 1 Peter 3.15, you be prepared to give a defense for that hope that is in you. Don't be ashamed of it, but be prepared for it. All right, with that said, let's go to chapter 12 and verse 12 of the book of Romans. Romans chapter 12 and verse 12. Just a couple more here and we'll close. I saw then a sigh of relief. All right, Romans chapter 12 and verse 12. Being bitter in hope, giving up in tribulation, has uh, spasmodic in prayer, 
stingy regarding to the needs of the saints, practicing hospitality to family members only. You like that, Red, that Traxler version? Huh? You don't think so? Because it isn't true to what's there, is it? But that's how people kind of think. Oh, I'm going to be hospitable, all right, but I'm going to be kind of selective. All right, <clears throat> let's go back here and look at these, and just fri- primarily in verse 12 here. Rejoicing in hope. See, when you have the hope of which we've been talking about and the substance of that hope, based on the fact of the resurrection of Christ, that it becomes a living hope and you're in the place where that you can have that hope. And that hope is in the inheritance. You have something that is going to stand out in how you deal with people, how you live your life. And so this verse says, rejoice in that. Rejoice in that hope. That changes people's attitudes. You're not fragile. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 12. Then I think we have just one more. Well, that's all we're going to take time for today. Uh, In Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 12, here's the other side of the coin. Therefore, remember that formerly you, plural, corporate pronoun, the Gentiles now uh, are the antecedent to this pronoun you, in the flesh you are called uncircumcision. That means they have no response to the covenant. That's what the word means. By the so-called circumcision, which is performed in the flesh by human hands, remember that you were at that time separate from God. Or separate from whom? Christ. I misread that. That you are at that time separate. You were at that time separate from Christ. Now remember that all of the Gentiles prior to this were separate from Christ. They had no covenant. No, no, they were just separate. And they were excluded from the commonwealth of Israel. God is very selective. You're going to learn about that too coming up. Strangers to the covenants of promise. Any promise that God has made that can affect you has had a covenant connected with it. And if you're not in that covenant, you will not be a partaker of the promise. All promises are made by God with a covenant. We are under the new covenant, the new covenant of promise today. We have to be in that covenant of blood that we partake of at the Lord's Supper in order to be a partaker or a participant in His promise. And when that, when you have are a stranger to the covenant of promise, you have How much hope? No hope. No hope. How much hope? No. No hope. You got some wishful thinking? Oh, I think I'll get by. You mean I outsmarted that cop? I can outsmart God. Cop. 
Good luck with that. Yeah. And and without God. Without God. If you're not in the covenant of promise, you have no hope. And you are without God in this world. Folks, that's no way to die. You're all going to die. I'm going to die. It's not too far off. I When I'm out walking, I walk fast. I got death right behind me. People say, why are you walking so fast? I'm running. Death is catching up. Got to stay ahead of it somehow. I'm the only 80-year-old guy out there running anymore. The rest of them all got caught. <laughs> they stopped. You think I'm kidding? That's the way it is. You know, you got to keep going. But you, you, you want to have hope. You want to be hope. You want to have hope. You want to have, you want to have a vibrancy to life. Something that gives you resilience. Something that transcends all of your daily difficulties. That's hope. But it's got to be the living hope that we've talked about here for the last 14 weeks. It's got to be the right hope. It's got to be in the right place where that hope is. And that's where you want to be. That's the place I want to visit, and that's the place I want to remain and have a permanent residence is where I have a hope that is living, that is based on an inheritance substantiated by the resurrection of Jesus Christ and that will bring me into the inheritance as joint heirs with Christ. No hope and without God in the world. One more, and let's go to 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 19, and we'll close. That's a promise, not a commitment. There is a difference. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 19. We've looked at two things today. One, the place to visit is because is the place where you know who is there, and that's the Lord. Defined by the translations as prince, captain, and the author of our salvation. That's home. Paul says, I want to be at home with the Lord. That's the place to visit. Where you have your captain of the salvation is there. And the place to visit is the place or the place to re, not just visit but to remain permanently is that place because of what is there. Christ is there, but also it's the result of the hope you have now. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 19, if we have hoped in Christ, in this life only, We are of all men most to be pitied. I think that's a terrible verse to end on. That's why I chose it. I like to leave you depressed. I want you to be so depressed, so miserable, that you come back next week and it can't be nearly so bad. We are of all men most to be pitied. If your only hope you have in life is what pertains to this life, you may as well not have any at all. Isn't that what he's saying? The big picture? If what you have is only pertaining to what happens to you in this life, you are of all men the most to be pitied. 
Folks, your hope has to be beyond what does for you in this life. That hope is what will give to you your character, your vibrancy, your ability to be resilient no matter what's going on in the world around you. But if your hope is only for this world, you are of all men most to be pitied. I want a place of permanent residency where my Lord has gone before me and which is the object of the hope I can have now which keeps me moving in that direction. We're going to sing our closing song today because that's the place I call home. I don't know how far away I'm from it. Probably not too far. But I call that place my home. Where is your home? Let's stand as we sing. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.